Welcome to the MTPT pod, y'all. We're so happy you're here. We have a special guest, and her name is Devin. Whoa. <laughs> Hi, y'all. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. We're thrilled to have you. Weird, weird connection. Um, Devin did a takeover on MT Ed Now, which if you've, heard of, if you've heard of it, it's an account I started a couple of years ago. This is Danielle. And I, was, I noticed that she goes to grad school at TWU, and I was like, OMG how is this going? And then she sucked me in and now I'm going to TW. And, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I just like texted her cause I knew she worked at a, is it a retirement community? Yes. And I was like, that's cool. Don't know anything about that. We need to, need to have her on the pod. And here we are. And then Devin was like, OMG, you're the Danielle from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the world is truly so small. It could not be smaller. Truly. Especially in music therapy. Oh yeah. We got a little world. Oh my gosh. It's so small. Well, Devin, just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Okay. So hi everybody. My name's Devin Elliott. Um, I am a freshly 25 year old, which is like its own. Yes. Queen. Um, yeah. My celebrating the frontal lobe being fully developed. Love that for myself. Yes. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, obviously I'm a music therapist, um, in my spare time, love reading, love, like hyper-focusing on any craft for like two weeks, spending a I... lot of money on making that craft and then abandoning ship like immediately after. Please give me um, an example craft. I, need an example. I also need example books. Okay. So example craft. So right now I just got it in my, I got this really nice set of like circular knitting needles for Christmas. I've always knitted, but never like big, like I can do squares Mm. and like square adjacent things such as a rectangle, like a scarf perhaps. Um, And so for Christmas I bit the bullet and I was like, I'm going to invest in myself and invest in $80 worth of knitting supplies. And I'm going to knit my family because there's four of us um knit all of us like matching family Christmas sweaters it will be done by December and can I tell you that I got like half a sweater in and I was like this is the hardest thing I've ever done um I'm miserable so I do have to quit this immediately that's fair (laughs) so I was doing that I was doing lino cuts for a while which was cool yeah very fun repertoire I like that oh my gosh yeah they're kind of taking over my apartment right now to my (laughs) sister's dismay she lives with me right now and um yeah she is not thrilled about the crafts but she enjoys the end product if they ever get finished um I love it. book recommendations gotta say um I did read the whole A Court of Thorn and Roses series yes and I good. have to say I was really into that and I still I like I go back every so often I'm like I need to feel something so I'm gonna read these books again um <laughs> But I'm reading a book right now, and I cannot for the life of me remember the author, but it's called uh, For Small Creatures Such As We. Hmm. And I'm telling you, it's so it's by this woman whose father was a very famous like astrophysicist, and she Hmm. grew up in an atheist household, but she is Jewish. Ah. Her mother was Jewish, her father was atheist. And she's just like writing about her experiences about life and like the understanding of the world and the universe and life's big questions. And I got like two chapters in and was weeping and had to take yes. a break. So beautiful. Highly repeat. recommend to everyone. I repeat have the not name. finished it, um, but it's written in um, seasons. So instead of chapters, <gasps> she's like spring, fall, winter. And she relates like, you know, death and grief to winter and then rebirth in the spring. Oh my God, it's beautiful. 
beautiful. I was like, are you sure you're not a music therapist? Because this seems very much <laughs> like that. Um, but tell yeah. Me what it, tell me what it's called one more time because I want to uh, read it. For now. small creatures such as we. Got it. Mm. Noted. So yes. good. See, meanwhile, I'm over here still thinking about Akatar, like fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. <laughs> so good yeah. yeah and like once you go down that tunnel it's like very hard to get out it's like yeah. very hard to get back. i'm reading her other series right now the sky of house and breath or whatever oh we're gonna have to catch up about that when okay. we finish it because okay. i have thoughts and feelings so okay, you fantastic. just let me know all right fantastic <laughs> so you like reading you like crafting you like music yes. therapying you have a sister yes nice. yeah where where are you in the country right now i am in naples florida right now nice okay yes um yeah never thought i would be in florida this is not a state i was at i know yes we're none of us same none of us did. <laughs> yeah, i'm like uh, on my vision board of my life i never was like florida is a place i'd like to go but <laughs> right here we are, here we are. <laughs> we're launching our careers here which is amazing and also like a weird space to be in but yeah we have making the most of it this, right yeah yeah <laughs> where are you from um, originally I grew up in Northwest Georgia in Cartersville. And then in my, uh, in eighth grade, we moved to Glen Rose, Texas, went to high school there. And then I, um, my parents moved to Midlothian, Texas. Wild. Um, that's where I'm from guys. Crazy, crazy. The world is again, so small. We can't say it enough. Um, and then, yeah, I went to college at Sam Houston state university, very nice. close to A&M. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I looked yeah. at their program, like after I was in music therapy world, but they have a master's, right? They did. I think the master's program is kind of on pause with COVID. Um, mm -hmm. I know that the school was pretty impacted um, at the time, but I think they're looking to bring it back. Nice. That's awesome. So tell us about where you work. Okay. So I am the director of music therapy um, at Moorings Park Communities, which is a huge nonprofit. Um, it's called a CCRC. So continuing care retirement community. Nice. So I am the one and only one woman department on our campus. I am the one music therapist for our 900 residents here. Holy across three campuses. It is a monumentous task. Um, yeah, it's an amazing community. Um, so basically when um, our clients, our residents, they apply to live here. Um, and when they move in, they are moving in with the knowledge that they are going to age in place here. So this is their final ah. um, place that they're going to live. Um, we have a lot of residents here who are independent living. So they live here for six months and then they go to their house in Cape Cod for six months. But eventually the plan is that they will stay here long term. They will age here and eventually, you know, whether they progress into an assisted living community or memory care, we have all of that here in house. Wow. Um, and then finally we have our skilled nursing facility, which is for all of our medically fragile residents um, and people who are, you know, in outpatient rehab. So we are wow. kind of a full shop here at Moorings Park. We offer everything, um, which is very amazing for me as a music therapist and also can be very overwhelming because there's so much to do in so many places I could be. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a cool place. I have so many questions. So they pick where they're going to die. That's what I was thinking the yes. whole time. Yes, they do. It's called a life care plan. That's so cool. And they age in place. Yes. Um, what a wonderful what the, language. Age in yeah. place. What, if a, mm -hmm. what a wonderful place to get into, like in life, to be like, yeah. all right, I'm ready to choose where I'm going to die. Yes. But also and like where I'm going to live my final days, like not just where I'm going to die, but like yeah. where I want to choose to be. That's really powerful. Yeah. And we have, so I'll tell you that this Moorings Park is very um, affluent. 
Um, we have a very, mm. um, we provide white glove service. You know, it is, mm. it is very that. Um, so we in this community have um, fully operated um, salons, wood shops for people to come learn to be master wood what? shoppers. We have master gardeners here, tons of resident led gardens. We have um, our Bower Chapel, which is this like world-class, beautifully, like acoustically precise chapel for non-denominational spiritual experiences for our residents. Whoa. A lot of them have their funeral services there. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. And the residents here at Moorings Park who are in independent and assisted living um, areas are super involved in the greater Naples area. Like they are heads of committees. They are heads of foundations. They are still like wow. rocking and rolling and partying in the USA, you know, while they're <laughs> living at Moorings Park. So that's crazy. really empower them to like age, obviously with dignity, but still feeling very empowered to like live a colorful life at the end in oh, their wow. final chapter. So I have a question. Yes. Because of all of the like beautiful, wonderful recreational things that y'all provide, does it get sticky being a music therapist? Yes. So <laughs> I, so glad you asked that. So I, when this job fell into my lap and I was kind of approached with it, they were like, you will be the director of music therapy, which means eventually we will hire more music therapists, right? It's a huge community. Yeah. And it's a lot for one person. So yeah. ideally we have three campuses, so we should have three music therapists, one for each campus. Um, I am categorized under the wellness department. Okay. So that I'm not mad about been- that. No, and I'll tell you that it has allowed for a lot of creativity with the way that I want this department and this program to run. Yeah. Um, but it has run in a lot with I am not an activity. I am not wow. music entertainment because music here is definitely a commodity, right? We have some of the best artists in Southwest Florida and sometimes across the country come and perform here. Oh, wow. For our residents and give beautiful, you know, recitals and, you know, seminars and things. And, while that has its value, certainly I have, I'm so diligent about differentiating between that and like, this is music therapy. This is what I do. So as a brand new professional, being the only one here doing what I do, that has been, can be really grating, honestly, and really difficult. Um, Ah. But I think, you know, I'm trying to carve the way for future people to come in, future music therapists to come. And so like the the foundation has already been laid. You do not have to justify your job to anyone, right? Like it. we yes. know what we're doing. I have advocated and the people who need to know, know. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully it'll disseminate that way. But wow. Yes. Devin, how long have you been there? Okay. So this is another weird thing. This is my one year anniversary of being <sighs> in Florida, like today. What? So yeah, I have my first made year of work will be next week. I have my you annual review tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so I officially have done one year of, of clinical wow. work. Holy crazy. cow. Does it feel yeah. like you've done a year? Like when you look back, you're like, yeah, it's been a year. Or like, no. When I look back, I'm like, wow, nothing's changed. And also everything has changed. And like right. so much has happened. Yeah. And like, I'm really trying to like congratulate myself and be like, look how much you've done in one year. Like that you did so much and like yes. be proud of that and be like happy with that. And then I'm also very like a forward thinker, but like way, like way far ahead. And I'm like, well, if we could just do that thing now, that would be excellent. And yeah, you know, life doesn't work that way. But yeah, it's been, it's been a wild year. I feel like I'm just now getting my bearings of like, 
I am an established professional who mm-hmm. deserves to be taken seriously and you should, you should fall in line, you know? Wow. Absolutely. So what is your, I have so many questions. I also have so many questions. What does your day-to-day look like? How do you decide who's your priority? What are you doing? So in the spirit of transparency, my, when I first started this role, I knew immediately my comfort zone was assisted living and memory care, specifically groups. Nice. That was like where I thrived. That was what I did most in my internship. That is what I was most familiar with. So getting into those areas, um, establishing music and memory groups, music and cognition, um, you know, music coupled with gross motor movement groups. So happening several times a week. So we have two assisted living communities. I see both of those twice a week. We have two memory care communities. I see both of them twice a week for just music therapy. I also um, collaborate with our um, cognition specialist who is specially trained in um, the progression of Alzheimer's and dementia along with Parkinson's. So she and I collaborate really closely on a lot of different classes. Um, And then peppered in there, I see a ton of individual residents, mostly in independent living. So you know, residents who are maybe in the early diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, residents who are recovering from a surgery who, you know, have run out of PT hours to use, they'll get referred to me just to, for that continuum of care. Um, so it was really easy in the beginning to get my schedule, get my schedule established, um, Mm -hmm. by forming those groups and then peppering in individual clients that way. Um, but now that I've been here a year and word is getting out that I'm here, my schedule is becoming a lot more packed. So I'm having to make those decisions of, is this urgent? And is this feasible for me? If it's urgent, of course, I will go see that resident. Right. And, you know, like there are, I'm definitely having to triage more now than I, yeah. I used to. How many? But every day looks pretty different. Um, I'm all over the place, all over all three campuses, all the time. Oh my gosh. How close are the campuses together? Like, do you have to drive a lot? Yeah. So okay. uh, they are all within 20 minutes of each other, like round trip. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is we're in season right now in Southwest Florida. So, you know, the masses have come back home for winter. Oh yeah. So it used to be a 15 minute drive can sometimes be 40 minutes if I hit all the lights. Oh, it's yeah, it's gnarly down here. Um, wow, but, dang. You know. So how many, if you had to estimate, I know this is an unfair question, but how many patients do you see a week? Um. So I... No, so on average between my three campuses, I have like 220 client interactions a week. Oh my so, God, that's a lot. How big are your groups? It varies. So I, in my memory care groups, I know for a fact they will at least be six people. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be anywhere between six and 14. Um, I like to keep it around 12. Mm-hmm. I think 12 is like a great number for me. Um, I can, I, luckily for me, a lot of these residents have private duties or caregivers that come with them to group. So I have a lot of additional support that way with modeling and, you know, reinforcement and encouragement. Um, some of my other groups are much smaller for one of my assisted living groups. I have a little, um, I have a music appreciation group that I do with a group of four ladies who are so lovely. And we honestly, sometimes it just feels like tea time with the girls. Yes. Um, but yes, so it's so different across the board. Um, you know, older adults, I think we can, I think in school, we're kind of taught, like, if you come in with a theme 
and you, <laughs> you know, put your, you know, entire session in a theme, it will be fine. And it's like, yes, that works sometimes, but also there's still older adults with a lot of like complex and nuanced thought and mm. you can engage them instrumentally and you can teach them new things. And yeah, so <laughs> we're, we're, so I had my next thought where I wanted to go. I was thinking the exact same and Morgan, thing. we're in the same brain. <clears throat> same wavelength. So in all of the things, in all of the places, what is your favorite part of being at this facility or at, in this company? I don't know the word to use to community yeah. in this community. Let's say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing is the creative freedom to like stretch my clinical skills however I want. So because I, you know, I am working with older adults, but there is such a vast, like, difference in diagnoses, progression, what do they need right now, like, just because there is a gross motor deficit doesn't necessarily mean I have to work on that, what they really might need is emotional support right now, you know, maybe they just got on hospice, maybe, you know, their son has passed away, maybe they're experiencing anticipatory grief, so I it's been the biggest challenge, but also my favorite thing is that I'm constantly getting to learn so much and so many different ways to be a music therapist mm. in very like niche situations. I think it's made me really strong. My mm. tool belt has become much yeah. larger and I have a lot more things to pull from. I imagine um, you wear so many hats as a music yes. therapist too. Like, oh my you gosh. don't feel like you can fall in one category of music therapy and like type of music therapy or just like your job function in general like I feel like you probably do so much you meet all the goals like there's like probably not a goal you don't touch yeah it's it truly I mean it is all of them and the and it's beautiful and wonderful and another part of about this community is that so Moorings Park has had a music therapist in the past um they used to contract services with a hospice company locally and then eventually they were like oh we see the efficacy of music therapy we want one in-house please heck yeah and so they had one for about a year and a half covid hit and some things got restructured the music therapy program kind of shut down um but they saw the residents saw such a benefit in what music therapy can do for the community that they through the moorings park foundation funded my position as a director oh. of music therapy. So oh my gosh. totally resident led. Um, wow. And now that I'm here and it's been a full year and I'm absorbed into the operational budget um, and I'm here permanently. Wow. You know, I'm, I really do feel the support from the residents, from administration, from people around me, even if they yes. don't, you know, if I ask them, what is music therapy? Like if right. you could define it for me, what would that be? It, they may have no idea, but they see the value in what I'm doing. Mm, that's, that's so, so powerful. powerful yeah that's so important yeah. what is your least favorite thing okay gotta be honest my least favorite thing being the only one here that does what I do it is Cracks. so hard so hard. so hard um I think especially this is my first music therapy gig um oh. I you know did undergrad internship then I where went did to you grad- do where did you do your internship so I did my internship at Birch Bay Retirement Village in Bar Harbor Maine Okay. Um, very, oh, it very was so far cool. that way. Nice. Yes. And if you ever get the chance to go to Maine, do it. So oh, absolutely. when I was looking for internships, um, I 
at the time was like, I'm not super married to any population right now. I'm good to kind of go wherever, but where's the furthest I can go with housing? Like, let's just see. Yeah. I was looking at the national roster database and I saw that Maine had a national roster internship, only one, (laughs) and it had housing. And I said, oh, with older adults, sick. I'll take it. That is my jam. I would love to do that. So yeah, it was, I mean, COVID internship was, was just hard, 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 yeah. hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I ended up loving it and yeah, I was there for a while. It ended up being an eight month, eight month internship just with the like progression oh, of how things were going. And then, yeah. yeah, I applied to grad school at the end of my internship. Cause I was not, I was not ready to enter the music therapy field full time. I did not know where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. I knew school was familiar to me and I was comforted by that, which is something I need to work on truly. Like your work output does not determine your self-worth, everybody. Life is not a grade, okay? Um, Except it is right now. Except it is right now, for sure. Um, But yeah, I applied to grad school. I picked up a customer service job. I was working at Target for almost a year and I got connected with a former professor of mine who knew that this job was available and thought I would be great for it and wow. keep in contact. So, yeah. so the hardest it's part, or you're... After all. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh my God. Again, yes, it's the theme of this episode. It is, so. it is. So your least favorite thing though is being the only one. Yes. How, um, do, you, how do you manage that? Tell us about it. So <clears throat> in the beginning, as it were, um, I, and I'm, not to speak for everyone, but I feel like I'm in good company when I say this, like I burned so brightly at the beginning. Cause I was like, I want to do all the things and everything's going to be so perfect. The first time I try it, cause I'm educated and I'm excited and I'm passionate and I am all of those things, but it was a marathon, not a sprint, yes. which is so cliche, but it is so like true. the truest thing that I'm so mad about. Like, I'm so upset that that's true. Mm. And I just remember, like I was probably maybe seven six seven months in and I was like okay Devin like if you're gonna be here long term which you need to be because this is a great job like this Mm. like I have been awarded a really amazing opportunity to be here I am Mm. very lucky and honored to be here this is not everyone's experience yeah Um, yeah but like you have got to figure out how to like hold space for being like the professional and being like the driver of of the race car that you're in and also like you need to like keep maintenance up on that car as well absolutely and like figure out where like where are some resources for you so luckily there are some music therapists in, in southwest florida locally um that i they welcomed me with open arms and have been really supportive um of me and as far as just like having other music therapists to talk to and relate to is amazing mm-hmm. and so lovely. And they've offered me so much guidance. Um, but again, it would be so nice to have someone sitting right here to right. like elbow so during nice. lunch. Like, Hey, like I was thinking about this for later. What do you think? Yeah. Like just to it's, have that. It's so and different. I didn't realize how much I benefited from that until it is not available to me right now. And it won't be for a while. I mean, you know, I have, I have to really show that this is a good solid program before they'll hire someone else. Mm. I think we're on the right track. Sounds like it. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, for those who are like looking for jobs, this is like kind of like open to all of us. Mm -hmm. There's like so many pros and cons out there. It's like so many different things. And I think we've experienced a lot of them. 
what are some of the things that you guys have had to just like put down and accept versus like what's really important to value in yourself? Like, do y'all kind of know what I'm getting at? Uh, are you sure. talking like, like the job, like things about the job that you have to compromise or like things about you, yourself? The, yeah. the job. So like, for instance, you being the only one, some people mm -hmm. may turn down that opportunity because they're the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Or for instance, working in a hospital, you're essentially working for a corporation mm -hmm. and there's a lot that comes with corporations. Like, and some people may not want to deal with that. Yeah. I don't know. Do y'all have any thoughts about that? I mean, I automatically think I was just thinking about, I started off as the only music therapist too. And mm -hmm. I worked my booty off to get more people and it's super hard and worth it, but super hard. And I mean, I like, when I started, I wanted a challenge <laughs> <laughs> I would have been challenged anywhere, hindsight. Um, but I wanted a challenge and I wanted to grow as much mm -hmm. as I could. And so, and I knew I wanted to be in Pete's medical. That was kind of my thing. But like, I was like, okay, wherever it looks like an insane growth opportunity, we're just going to go dig our roots and grow like a tree. Um, but that was me. I'm trying to think job. It's, it's kind of hard for me. I can conceptualize it now, three years in to, to a corporation or to a hospital, like a healthcare system. But when I was coming out of my first job, no, mm -hmm. I knew I needed health insurance before I was 26. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think, like, yeah. <laughs> I think what I'm getting at too is like, what? Oh gosh, I lost my thought. So, okay, this is what I'm thinking. So, like, for my first job, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I know what I want. And I'm having to do a lot of things that I don't want. But also, mm -hmm. not every job uh. is perfect. Mm -hmm. So there's never going to be the perfect job out there unless Devin, you have the most perfect job in the whole wide world. <laughs> um, but like, it's important to like recognize that like there are no perfect jobs, but mm -hmm. also like, when do you cut loose and find something different? Yeah. Like when is what you've got not enough kind of like right. the, the cons outweigh the pros for too long. Right. And like, obviously you being the only music therapist is not big enough of a con. Like you love it. You want to, you are excited to see it grow. Right. Are, is there anything in your job you've kind of had to like accept as like being a new professional, being a new music therapist? Yes. So a couple things. So I um, am one of the youngest, I am the youngest department <laughs> head in our organization. I'm sure. Um, and like right now it's a one woman department, but it will not always be that. Um, I, you know, they're not full-time, they're not interns, but I have taken on several practicum students since being here. And that like has been a huge, like so exciting for me. I love working with students. Yeah. Um, but one thing, a couple of things that I've had to like kind of compromise on or like say, I do not have it in me to like fight this fight right now. Like yeah. this, this is something that I can deal with later um, has been just sort of like some of the oversight of what I'm doing so in the beginning there was a lot of me having to justify to the powers that be why I was doing what I was doing and that put a lot of pressure on me to perform which I hated I did mm -hmm. not want that that was because then I felt like I was being inauthentic and in what I was being led to do clinically because people who didn't understand music therapy didn't find value in it Mm. And that was super frustrating for me. And I just decided ultimately, like my work is going to speak for itself. I know that what I'm doing works and it has value and it is beneficial or else they would not have kept me here. Um, mm. So that was one thing that like down the line as more people, as I am responsible for more than just myself, certainly I will be having those upper level conversations with 
again, the powers that be. Um, I think, you know, and I'm sure most music therapists experience this, you can be commodified a lot and you can kind of be seen as like this fun little ornamental extra piece that is available mm. for purchase on the expansion pack of your care. Um, but really music therapy is integral and it's so important. Um, yeah, I, that is a really good question, Danielle. You're asking about really... like, what is something you have to compromise well, yeah. I feel like it's I feel a really like good answer though too. Just it's fantastic. I, really liked it. I feel like what I was getting at is like as new professionals, you see this like glistening new job, and like you said earlier, you like come in with like so much pizzazz and excitement, and it can be really easy to get bogged down by mm-hmm. different things. But you have to learn like for me, I've been coming to terms like no job is ever going to be perfect. I have to figure out what my priorities are and run with them kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so like, it can be really easy for someone to get really burnt out and overwhelmed by the powers that be, but, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's so special that you know that you're worth as a music therapist, because not everyone has that off the bat as a new professional. And that's a really important takeaway. Like you have to know your worth to go up against the powers that be when you are the only one. Absolutely. Because they will push back. A hundred percent and not for nothing. Um, there have been several times where I have called my mother crying on my way home from work. And I'm just like, this is, this seems like an impossible task. All of the things that are being asked of me. Um, I don't know right now where I am in my life, if this is what I want to be doing. Right. And she basically responded the same way that I told her that I was accepting this job. She was like, is there a good enough reason for you to say no? is there a good enough reason for you to like, is there an overwhelming reason for you to walk away? Mm. You know, it can feel when you have been burning like on low fuel for, you know, not a long time, but any amount of time, the smallest thing can just really, just really blow you up in a bad way and make you feel like this is horrible. I just need to wash my hands and be done. You know, but that's not true because then you reflect back on the work, like the investment that you've made. And you're like, no, there is still something here. I still have pride in what I'm doing. I still feel dedicated to the work that, that I'm doing that I have control over. Um, and that has been a really big like area of growth for me. I'm still like in the middle of that right now. I hear you. And and that is still a, like almost a, every two months I have like a period of like, is this, is this for me? And then I'm like, it is Devin. It <laughs> right. is for you. Like, yes. Um, yeah. Obviously again, you know, if you're in a work environment where you absolutely do not feel respected or valued, or you like your self-worth is so tied up in your work output, that can mm-hmm. be very toxic. And that is worth looking at. But I think if there's not an overwhelming reason to right. leave, you, you just like keep walking towards the next right thing yes. and hopefully that will lead you to you know another good thing oh, Absolutely, that's a perfect answer it was lovely um where is your imposter syndrome like where has it lied as you've started and gone through all of this and lasted a um, whole year yes my gosh yeah so my imposter syndrome is honestly it was kind of it a little bit of everything that I was doing. I was like, mm, this feels mm. like I'm playing pretend. Like this feels like I'm like playing dress up and like, oh, like I'm I'm a music therapist. Like, isn't that so fun? But no, like I'm a music therapist. It is evidence-based. It is clinically proven. Yeah. It is an allied health profession. It is so important and it is so like 
epically special and amazing. And I think my imposter syndrome lies with talking to people who I know make very important decisions and who I know, you know, can move mountains with the things that they believe, like communicating to them appropriately professionally about what I'm doing, especially as like, I quite frankly, am the age of a lot of these people's children and grandchildren. So they see me as like, oh, Devin's so fun. And like, look how, you know, look how much fun she has with the residents. I'm like, yes, it's fun. And it's also so hard. And sometimes I have sessions where these residents, you know, I have gotten some like confessions at the end of life or things that people are unpacking in their last days. And that is really heavy for me. And Mm -hmm. who do I communicate that to? They don't really care about that. They just, Mm. you know, I don't know if any of that made sense, but it made all sense. Having to communicate with the big wigs stresses me out. And I still feel like I don't, I'm like, I don't, I have no business speaking to them on anything about anything, but Mm. I am the, I am the professional and I am the, the um, expert in what I'm doing here. So if not me, then no one is going to talk about it. Yeah. How did you get that confidence? Uh, (laughs) it honestly, it's just like, what's the worst that can happen if I say this thing right now? Yeah. Mm. No one's going to fire me. I don't think. And if they do, (laughs) then like, that is just, that is an indicator that something larger was wrong here. Yeah. But honestly, it's just, I just keep telling myself, I'm like, Devin, you stand for all these things. You have all these like very valid experiences and valid thoughts, and it's time to put some weight behind them, which means like talking about it and like defending what you believe. And that does not mean that it has to be conflict. That does not mean that it has to be Mm -hmm. confrontation. It just is, hey, I'm a professional too. And yes, I am young. And yes, I have a lot more growing to do, but based on all my lived experience at this time and my professional training, these are my thoughts. I know you didn't ask for them, but here they are. And I think they're helping the client. So many snaps right now. It's hard. That is so hard. You're a badass, man. You are so cool. I like, I, this whole time, I'm just like, everything you're saying it's you're just, just awesome Devin. if you and like you obviously have the confidence but in case you were wondering like you are legit and you sound legit yeah. and you are yeah. just like hey incredible bro and the whole time if y'all could see my face I'm just like an awestruck of Devin <laughs> right now I'm excited uh, to listen back to this because honestly my brain is like I'm just saying I'm just kind of shooting from the hip ladies ultimately. I got you so I love us us I have every week yep. coming us out. at the end of every Monday that we do yeah. this <laughs> So then I want to know, like, what lights your fire? Because I know you have this confidence and you speak so eloquently, but like, why do you keep doing it outside of just, it's the best option at the time? Like, is there mm. some, something that lights you up that you just love about your job? Yeah, I, with this job, the sessions that I have where, I, for example, I have a resident right now in one of my memory care groups And she, I basically was told from the jump, she will not look at you. She will not communicate with you. She is very angry that she has dementia. And she has basically not spoken a cohesive sentence in like eight months. So sure you can offer, you know, whatever you want to her, she will not engage with you. And I was like, okay, okay, sure. I'll take that with a grain of salt, but mm, I'm not going to leave her out of this group. Hello. So months and months and months went by of me you know singing my song I do a hello song which might be controversial for older adults but it's a 12 bar blues and they love it so I'm like 
you know, we'll say her name is Barbara. I love Barbara. And I'm like, hey, Barbara, how are you today? And she would just look at me and I'm like, all right, Barbara, well, you're looking fabulous today. Uh, I hope you're having a great day. And then I'm like, hey, Barbara, is anything new today? And nothing. Two weeks ago, I was at this group and I have been seeing this woman for almost a year, consistently twice a week for almost a year. And I don't know if it was a change of her meds or if it was the power of music, maybe it was both, but I love music. Hey, Barbara, how are you today? And she's like, I'm good. And I literally, (laughs) um, I had to compose myself because literally that group is always so great. The residents are amazing in there. We have the best time, but she has always been one that I'm like, is this helpful to her? Is she getting anything from this? And just by that one interaction, just, I mean, and it like, I get chills thinking about it. I have chills so amazing and she has not spoken to me since then but in that moment she was we were there together existing at the same time we had that connection and that was like a high for me it was and I you know working with residents who are actively dying and like getting to facilitate an experience for their family members to like engage in a way that maybe they've never engaged musically together before or they've not communicated their feelings to each other verbally in a long time but through music they can and just holding that space for people is like that's what I carry with me I'm like Mm. you know the last two weeks have been really hard but man like those couple of instances in my sessions really stuck with me and I'm just going to keep chasing that next one I love Mm. that and seeing the response from residents and their caregivers and their family members who are like we value what you do this is you know they they all have their own experience with music therapy and how much it's helped them and I think I want to do something meaningful with my life it does not have to be anything grand or earth shattering but for some people like that is the last kind thing that they experience and if I get to be a part of that I don't know that there's anything else I could be doing that would give me that same like satisfaction Absolutely. Um, and then some days I'm like, you know what? It's paying my rent. It is paying my Amen. rent today. I'm going to work because it is paying my rent. And mm-hmm. it paid for this $4 cup of coffee that I bought. And it's going to pay for my lunch. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. That was so well <laughs> yeah. said. Oh, my goodness. You're awesome. Um, tell us about your end of life experience with these residents and your line of work. Yeah. So, Obviously, we're working at a continuing care retirement community, which means that they eventually all will pass on um, to the next journey here. Um, Very early on in my time at Moorings Park, I was working with a resident. He was in his late 90s. He was a um, OBGYN. He was like, I delivered over 400 babies in my time and, you know, just had all these stories. And he had Parkinson's. It was really pretty aggressive. Um, and he was on hospice and I remember, but he loved to sing, loved singing. And he just could not get enough breath to do it. Um, so a little controversial, but I was like, we are going to work on getting some breath in there, getting enough breath that we can sing his like favorite hymn that he would sing with his children. He would recite it with his children. And so we worked on, we did a lot of breathing together and a lot of, you know, um, uh, breath support and and l- increasing lung capacity. Obviously, you know, not no substantial changes were made, but it just happened to line up that his son was in town one week visiting, and he was able. We were able to all sing the hymn together, and that was That's really so meaningful far. for him. And had like a big sense of achievement 
after that, we did just a ton of um, music assisted relaxation to his favorite music. Luckily, I was able to be with him in a time where he could communicate to me music that was important to him. So I would come in every day, like the last week of his life and just sit and play and be present with him and his family. Um, and that was my first client that I lost here. And it was like a very substantial like experience that I had with him. Um, yeah. There are other residents, you know, in my memory care groups who they are receiving music therapy services from their hospice uh, company. So they contract out for those services. Um, but obviously I'm in there too, you know. I I feel lucky with with that arrangement where they have a hospice music therapist, but then they also have me who I'm just here trying to liven up the bunch and get everybody moving and grooving and having a good time. So they get both ends of the spectrum. Um, yeah. I That's that amazing. Question. It really Kevin, did. You are incredible. And what you're doing matters so much. Thank I you. Oh my it's, gosh. It's so easy to lose sight of because it's like you're doing it every day, but then you tell the stories and it's like, that is those just the those, most meaningful thing. I just like, those are those individuals last peaceful joyful moments of their lives and that's yeah. with you and that's with their family and you help them to connect to that which mm -hmm. brings tears to my eyes it's yeah. incredible I wonder um how does death feel for you personally because as pediatric music therapists it has a different or I I, or I can't say that confidently it has a certain bite and sting mm -hmm. and how is it for these folks who have like chosen where they're gonna die as I not so eloquently said earlier um but are like getting to those higher years like how like how does it how is it so death as far as like my job and what I experience here it almost is like as pleasantly as I can put it it's almost something that you can kind of like gather your things to prepare for almost um mm. there's a lot of because it's long-term care and we're really seeing the full spectrum of the aging process here for our residents, there does come a time where we're like, okay, we're noticing these physiological things happening. The timeline kind of looks like this. What can we start doing to optimize and maximize the, you know, dignity and empowerment that they mm -hmm. have? And how can we um, totally enhance like every day that they have here? And that's something really cool that I get to do with my job is music therapy for a lot of the residents that I'm seeing individually, it looks different every time I see them. We're not necessarily working, tracking progress in any way, mm -hmm. but, you know, because a lot of times we're seeing decline. Um, but I, I feel very empowered to be creative with having the discussions of, hey, let's just, in theory what would you like to have played at your funeral? Mm -hmm. What are some things that you, you know, are there any songs that you want your family to remember you by? Um, mm -hmm. There's one resident I worked with who um, due to her Parkinson's disease was nonverbal or she could no longer verbally communicate, but she loved to paint and she loved, 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 loved um, John Denver. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to go through and do a painting for each of her children to a John Denver song that she had kind of allocated for them. So death to me, I, I try to look at it as like, it's just the next transition for them. They transitioned into Moorings Park to live their, you know, live their 
uh, what is it? I don't know. Their sunshine years here, something like that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they're able to have a lot of control over how the end of their life goes. And I think that's a huge privilege that not many people are afforded. Yeah. Um, yeah, I personally, I had a lot of death in my family early on as a child um, and a lot of Alzheimer's and dementia related deaths. Um, it runs on both sides of my family. I fully expect that, you know, either me or my sister or my parents will be affected by that in the future, um, which really drove me to this population. But I always tried to look at it like the residents here are, yes, at the end of their life, but they still have so much control and are offered so much space to like be who they are and remain true to who they were as they pass, which I think, again, like who else gets that opportunity? Mm. Very few people do. So this is a really, it's a very um, unique place to work in that matter. That's so neat. There's so much dignity in that. My goodness. Yeah. Um, I think we need to so start wrapping up. Can you tell us about? No. I know. No, I know. No. Well, okay. So my first thing is like to start wrapping up. Tell us about like your self care. Tell us about how you take care of yourself as a young professional in this not so easy field. Yeah. How'd you make it a whole year? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I love to explore. Um, which is part of the reason why I was like, okay, I'm good to pick up and move to Florida, sight unseen into an apartment. I'm okay to pick up and move to Maine. That's fine with me. Yes, that's I love cool. It. Yeah, I don't have a good reason not to go. Um, so my sister and I do a ton of just like beach hopping. Obviously, we love going on walking trails, kind of exploring the wilderness down here in Florida. Nice. Um, for a while, we were going to this uh, local brewery in Bonita Spring. It was excellent. They had a ton of like... Um, like Harry Potter and Stranger Things trivia. And so we would like fun. drink so IPAs fun. and do that. And that was really fun. Um, my self-care honestly is, this is so boring. My self-care is like going home and like nesting, but also like organizing and like making my space clean because I very much, um, I think hoarder is too strong of a word, but I'm a collector and I will just <laughs> like collect things. And I'm like, okay, these just need to go here for now. I'll deal with them eventually. And then it just piles up. And yeah. if stuff around me is piling up, the things inside of my brain are also <laughs> piling up. So physically like clearing space is great. Again, I love crafting. That is my favorite. They're just like creating things. It doesn't matter what it is, baking, cooking, crafts. It, it Just making something out of nothing is really cool to me. Um, yeah. I love that. I don't know. My, my self-care has, it's been an interesting journey over the course of the year, trying to find things that I enjoy and can hang on to yeah if you could talk to yourself before you started this job maybe you accepted the job maybe you'd heard about it maybe it was just like a little nugget of hope in your mind mm -hmm. what is something you would tell yourself back then that you now know um, that you are totally capable to do, like, think of the most hard thing in your mind that you could possibly have to do. So you can actually do something even harder than that. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And like, you're going to sound like a little bit educated and put together. It'll be mm -hmm. good. So I think for me, I just, I over, I get in my head a lot and overthink, you know, what is the most egregious thing that could possibly come out of my mouth under a lot of stress? And I'm like, don't say that thing and you'll be fine. So 
I Devin. love that. Yeah. You're a pleasure. Oh yeah. my goodness. Any last um any last words? Oh my any last words, final thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just this is a what a weird time to be a young person. What a weird time to be entering your career. Oh yeah. What a strange time to be entering the workforce. I think I'm so excited that y'all do this podcast because I think it is truly like it's setting such an example of what resources can be out there for new professionals, mm-hmm. which is a criminally underserved field as we are all learning. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, offering these foundational pieces for people to hang on to and be like, no, there is hope and I'm not alone is yeah. amazing. Amazing. I cannot like applaud you both enough for all of this. I mean, it's so helpful. You're That's so sweet. sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being so willing and excited. And was... saying words so well. Oh for my a gosh. whole day of work, my friend. I'm trying. You said words God, really, really well incredible. in a really beautiful <laughs> order with such eloquence. Yeah. Thank you. You yeah. are welcome. We are just so appreciative. And if you have any questions for Devin, what is your Instagram handle? Oh my gosh, I have to look it up. It's changed a couple times. Let me find it. Womp womp. Da, da, da. My Instagram handle is Devin underscore Elliot. And you spell Devin at like D-E-V-A-N underscore E-L-L-I-O-T-T. Oh, two T's at the end. Love it. Two L's, two T's. Perfect. If you want to check out, check, if you want to check out Devin's takeover on Empty Ed Now, head to Music Therapy Ed Now on Instagram and you can see the little infographic she put up. Um, Any other ways to connect with you? Yeah, Instagram is great send me a friend request on Facebook. I'm trying to take a break from that, but like a good way to connect. I am on there often being like, hi, anything music therapy that's helpful here. Yeah. We all find me there too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, (laughs) thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You guys are awesome. This, you just, you both, the way you conversate and like the way you flow is amazing. I'm like, yeah, we're old friends, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening guys. Bye.